All right, good day, everybody. This is Emar Sub 2. Welcome to another edition of the original Free Kick. When we look at all things Major League Soccer, particularly Atlanta United. On today's episode, we're going to recap Atlanta United's win at Cincinnati and look at the playoff picture in the in Major League Soccer and the Eastern and Western Conference. As always, to follow everything that we do, go to the mothership, the sportsinquire.net premier site for news and notes in the world of sports. You can also go to our social media platforms on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Sports Inquire. Do a search on there on those social media platforms. Follow us. And that is a quick way to keep track of everything that we have going on. And then finally, you can go to our audio and video hosts such as YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You do a search for us on there. And that is a great way to keep up with everything that we have going on. So Atlanta United is now in the MLS playoffs for the fifth time in franchise history, following a victory at FC Cincinnati 2-1 to one on November. It was on Sunday, but well, by the way, we are recording this on uh, Tuesday, November 9th, 2021. Uh, the victory came on Sunday, November 7th, on uh, Decision Day. For all of Major League Soccer. And I said that victory secured a spot for Atlanta United to be in the playoffs. Miles Robinson scored his first career MLS goal, and Joseph Martinez scored the eventual game winner as Atlanta def- uh, raced a 1 uh, 0 uh, halftime deficit uh, for the second time in four matches. Atlanta is going to be the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference, and they're going to face the fourth seed, NYCFC. We don't know the date or time of that competition or the start of that uh, series. Well, just due to the international calendar and a lot of other things being tied to it. But we know Atlanta is in the playoffs once again in Major League Soccer. Atlanta got off to a very, very slow start uh, in the contest. Looked very sluggish. I would say borderline lackadaisical to start the contest. Uh, And they were punished for it by a goal from Zico Bailey in the 21st minute. Uh, After uh, uh, some passing by Cincinnati uh, down the right side, Bailey combined with uh, Luciano Acosta, and he gave him a return pass at the edge of the 18-yard box. Bailey was able to make several moves and was able to push his left-footed shot into the far post uh, past a diving Brad Guzan. And that made the score 1-0 for Cincinnati. Here on his here is Guzan on the potential reason for Atlanta's slow start. Um, I don't know. We talked about having the right mentality. We talked about getting off to a good start. We talked about the fact that their team is got nothing to play for except for contracts and pride and their last home game. And, you know, it's going to be a hard game. I don't care if you're playing the first place team in this league or the last place team, any game in this league is difficult because um, the the quality that, that all teams have is, is something, there's something there that all teams have. And if you give them an inch, they'll take a yard. And we gave them more than an inch in the first half. Uh, you know, I, I felt like we were chasing shadows. They had a good chance, you know, two minutes into the game. Um, we never really got out of our half in the first half up until probably the last 10 minutes or so we started to, to shift the game a little bit, but at that point they, they were content with, with sitting in. Uh, I think you saw a change in their mentality after the goal. You saw a change in their, I don't want to say tactics, but their, their approach to the game certainly changed after the goal and it'll, and it allowed us to, 
to find our footing, but then ultimately, you know, raise the level and, and, you know, press on. Yeah. So Atlanta was down one nil at halftime, had to make some changes and Pineda, Gonzalo Pineda, manager of the team made a very strategic move by putting in Jake Mulraney for Anton walks at halftime. I remember that been going into the contest, no Santiago Sosa, uh, no Marcelino Moreno. So you saw Atlanta in essence go with a, I say a five-man back line, and that obviously was not working. And they switched to a different formation for a more attacking look. And putting in Moraney for walks really put Atlanta with a four-man back line. But here's Gonzalo Pineda on his initial reasoning for starting three center backs, including Miles Robinson and Anton Walks. Well, the, when we were expecting exactly what we saw Brenner and, and Brandon Vasquez as uh, forwards, like four for two. And then you start to create a numerical advantage. So you have three center backs against two, and you should have miles, a lot of time going forward, bringing a winger here, and then that unlocks Ronald or unlocks uh, Luis Araujo in between the lines, or maybe Rosero can play lateral and then break the line. So it's, it's a change reaction of numerical advantages after you break the first line of pressure through that 3v2. Uh, so that's what we were expecting after that, obviously being solid defensively because we knew the transition was going to be probably an issue. Uh, so that's what tactically make us take the decision. And also like we, we were playing good with the back five. The, 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 the team feels all right when we are in the back five. The build-up is, is good. But today, when we switched, we felt that the principles stayed there and we were also good on the ball and, and we didn't need that third centre-back to be dangerous. And, and I mean, I can go both ways. Again, tactics is one thing, but the other one is uh, the quality and the, the application of the players. And that's what make, made the difference tonight. Yeah, so they start tried to start that lineup just due to the offensive pressure, potential offensive pressure that Cincinnati would put on. But with that, there was a lack of passing, a lack of flow on the counterattack or on the offensive end. And that move for Moraney, putting in Moraney, proved to be effective, as we'll get to in a minute. But here is Brad Guzan on the preferred formation for the team on the back line. It's been a lot of issues. Well, not issues, but do we go to three-man back line, four-man, five-man, all that other stuff. But here is Guzan on his preferred formation. I wouldn't say so because I mean, listen, it, it, it's also down to the opposition. It depends what the game is giving us. It's not, hey, we're just going to stick with this and we're going to roll this out time and time again and we're going to stick with it. With that being said, when things aren't going well, we're, we're able to adjust, whether that's four to a five or five to a four. Um, we're able to adjust and, and make changes. And I think those are signs of, of a good team that, that can alter their shape, alter, alter their tactics. Um, and ultimately find a way to get a result. So I wouldn't say we're better in a four, we're better in a five. I think we're at our best when we're moving the ball, when we are following instructions in terms of how we want to exploit space um, and when we're playing unselfishly and, and moving the ball and circulating the ball in, in, a, in a real way, that ultimately creates chances for us. Yeah, and with that, Atlanta was able to respond uh, in the first few minutes of the second half. In fact, they had five shot attempts in the first 10 minutes of the second half. Here is Guzan on halftime locker room, and what spurred on is the uh, motivation to have a better start to the second half. Obviously, the manager wasn't pleased, and, and you know, if I walked in, and, and, and I certainly wasn't pleased. I mean, that 
that's that's unacceptable. The the way that we approach, not approach to it, the the way that we started the game is unacceptable at this level. Um, plain and simple, it's it's not good enough, and it's our job as players to be held accountable. And you know, from myself up to Joseph and everyone in between, the guys on the bench, coaches, support staff, everybody, we're in this thing together. And when guys are, are, are pulling their weight, especially their work rate and their attitude and their mentality, those are things that we can control. Those are things that we can, we can change like that, especially when they're, they're not good. And so um, it's important that, that we have those real conversations. And, yeah, there are definitely some choice words being said at halftime. And, and, and I'm, you know, I was pleased to, to be able to see a reaction and, you know, knowing – that we're going to need performances like the second half going forward into the playoffs. And it wasn't good enough for Atlanta. And even with, if you look at the, the way the results shaked out, Atlanta still would have made the playoffs with the way that things were going on, but they were not playing well at all. And the standard has to be higher uh, for Atlanta United. If you want to achieve the goals that they have. And miles Robinson was a big leader in that with his first career goal in the 70th minute. Ezekiel Barco took a corner kick and placed it into the center of the penalty area as Miles Robinson was able to uh, direct a header uh, past the Cincinnati goalkeeper to make the score 1-0. We've seen, or 1-1, excuse me. We've seen Robinson score, I believe, three goals for the United States men's national team during his qualification stage or throughout his career, and none for Atlanta United. So that was a big moment for him and for Atlanta United to see him score. Uh, here is Pineda on the second-half adjustments uh, that the team made to lead to better scoring opportunities. Well, uh, a little bit the tactics. The back five wasn't shifting over as, as we probably wanted. Like, defensively, we were struggling the first few minutes, and Medun Janin coming on the outside caused us a little bit of problems on the shift-overs, and that's how they start to have some dominance, you know, in the attacking half. But I felt that, uh, yes, the energy, the urgency, the playing forward, the control, the ball, the play forward, play fast, play simple, uh, wasn't quite there in the first half. With the second half, credit to the players, they adjust. They did a great job at turning things around, just playing better football, creating a lot of chances, and then a few very, very good goals. Yeah, and then less than 10 minutes after uh, that attempt, before that, after that goal by by Robinson, Joseph Martinez was able to put the United ahead in the 79th minute. Uh, Luis drove the ball uh, into the wide area for Jurgen Dam, and Jurgen was able to cross the ball into the penalty area, and the end up being a loose ball in the penalty area. Martinez was able to track it down and had a very acrobatic shot. The way he swung his right leg around the ball and passed uh, Vermeer, the goalkeeper for Cincinnati, to make the score two to one. It is worth looking at the highlight. Maybe, I don't know if it was the most beautiful, well, you could argue maybe the most beautiful goal that Martinez has scored in his career. Very, very important goal. He scored more than 100 for Atlanta United, so he's had a lot of goals. Uh, but still, that was a very crucial goal for Atlanta to put them up to the one in the contest. And here is Joseph Martinez on that goal. Eh, yo no, no sé cómo viene el gol, pero después de, de, la, de la tapada que hizo antes, anterior, que tuve una, una chance, 
se lo acabo de decir al, al, al profe que fue muy duro porque pensé que no, que no íbamos a conseguir los goles. Entonces, no me acuerdo cuando, cuando yo he hecho un gol de esa, de esa manera, pero bueno, muy contento y, y creo que trabajamos muy fuerte para, para pasar. Well, I don't know where that goal came from, but I, I just remember, you know, after that first save that he had made uh, on me, I, you know, it was a really good chance, but he made that save. Um, so, we, we know, we just had to keep trying to, to get that goal. And I even said it uh, to the coach on the sidelines that, you know, it was, it was so important for us to get that goal. Yeah, just a very important goal and score for Atlanta United. Ed Guzan also had comments on the second half improvements uh, for Atlanta United and which led to the victory. Listen, I, I mean, I said at halftime when I came in that we, we, we can't play like that, plain and simple. Or that's not us as a team. That's not good enough for the type of team that we're trying to become in terms of a championship team and wanting to do something special in the playoffs. That effort, that um, that mentality is not going to cut it going into these playoffs. And and so I'm extremely proud of the guys to, to come out and literally play the complete opposite of how we played in the first half um, with urgency, with intensity, um, with some savviness, with some smartness. Uh, and, and be able to grind out a result. So it was good. Yeah, so that victory was the second all-time victory for Atlanta United coming from behind in its history. The only other contest that they were able to do that was back in September of 2018 in a 4-3 win against the, Los, the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, prior to that Cincinnati victory, Atlanta was 1-26-7 when conceding the first goal on the road. Uh, so that was a, a very big victory for uh, Atlanta United in that regard. Yeah, so Atlanta finishes the MLS regular season with a record of 19, of 13-9 and 12, 51 points. And they qualify for the MLS Cup playoffs for the fourth time in club history. United was as low as 10th in the Eastern Conference standings under previous manager Gabriel Heinze. They dismissed Heinze and promoted Rob Valentino to the interim coach, and he led the team through a few victories and then ultimately hired Pineda as the permanent manager. So they've been able to go from 10th place in uh, major struggles to uh, 5th place in the MLS standings and just short of hosting a first-round playoff game. Here is Pineda on the team's playing and uh, what they've been able to do since his hiring. Well, it's, it's, it, it feels very good. Uh... And not just this game. I think this game is a testament of probably what, what was uh, the season for the team. Like a first half of the season, not great, not a lot of points. And then, you know, the second half, very good. Credit to the players again. I just told the players that last time Atlanta United played in this stadium, there were, there were 13 games with 13 points. And now, 21 games after, we have 38 points more. So that's pretty impressive. That's almost two points per game. And that is a testament of the mentality of the team in the second half of the season. And it's all great to them. It's all great to them. Like the few first few games where I wasn't here, Rob and the rest of the coaching staff did a terrific job at, at, at stepping up and, and putting together the group to fight, to compete. And now the players at the end of the season, they have a playoff spot and just... Just a new tournament is going to start for this group of players. Yeah, so very important for uh, Atlanta United to get these victories and put themselves not only in the playoffs, but in a 
pretty decent spot. And as I mentioned, they're going to face NYCFC in the first round of the MLS playoffs. Both teams finished with 51 points. Well, in fact, Orlando also had 51 points, but but the New York City FC gets the the victory. And actually, they, the NYCFC had one more victory, and also goal differential was plus 20 for NYCFC. Atlanta was only at a plus eight. Uh, so the NYCFC is going to host that contest. We don't know if it's going to be at Yankee Stadium or at Red Bull Arena. Uh, just uh, well, we even know when the date is going to be for that contest, a lot needs to still be figured out as far as that goes. But if you look at the Eastern Conference, I mean, New England has to come in as the favorite. Record-setting season for them, 73 points, earned the Supporters' Shield. It's one of the best seasons uh, in the history of Major League Soccer. So they're at 73 points. They're going to have a first-round bye. In fact, we'll pull up the standings right now, or the playoffs. A quick, quick little preview. Not going to do predictions yet as far as who's going to advance, but just some quick thoughts. Uh, if you look at the Eastern Conference, it's very much going to be, you got to think New England, as I said, number one overall seed. Uh, they're going to be a, a very tough team to beat. And I'm trying to pull up the rest. Oh, here we go. Okay, yes. All right. Yeah, so as Atlanta is going to face NYCFC. Uh, if you on one side of the bracket, look at the other side, Nashville's going to face Orlando and then Philadelphia is going to host the uh, Red Bulls. So very intriguing matchups there. If you look at the Western Conference, that was wide open all the way to the end of to decision day. Uh, two big takeaways from it. One Colorado moved themselves up from, I believe, third place prior to decision day to the top seed in the Western Conference. So they get a direct buy into the semifinals. Uh, second thought, none of the L.A. teams made the playoffs. LAFC did not make it, nor did the L.A. Galaxy. Two uh, marquee franchises as far as promotion and marketing and financial investment, and neither one made the playoffs. Major moves are coming to both of those franchises, but it's very rare to see a playoffs without either the Galaxy or LAFC since they have uh, become a franchise. So it's very interesting to see on that side of things. The other matchups in the Western Conference in the first round, Portland's going to host Minnesota. Uh, Kansas City is going to host Vancouver. Vancouver, nice bounce back season for them. They have been down in the, near the bottom of the standings for several years in Major League Soccer. So now they're back in the playoffs. And Seattle, the perennial power franchise they are, they're going to host uh, Real Salt Lake. So it's uh, very interesting to see Colorado and uh, Salt Lake and Vancouver put themselves in a uh, prime playoff position, even Colorado for that matter, uh, compared to some of the traditional powers like Portland and uh, Seattle, uh, teams that we've seen make runs in the postseason and even in, in Kansas City, uh, put themselves and make postseason runs and even appearances and earn victories in the MLS Cup. So we'll see what happens there in the playoffs as uh, that develops. And that concludes this edition of the original free kick. As always, you can head to the mother trip to sportsinquire.net, premier siphon news and notes in the world of sports. You can also go to our social media platforms, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And finally, you can go to our audio and video host on uh, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Until next time, good fight, good night, and be safe.